Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and welcome to the Two Scene Podcast. Welcome, first-time listeners, to the Two Scene Podcast, the podcast where two aspiring sports journalists sit down and talk baseball. I am your host, Tyler Foy, and alongside me is my co-host, Nathan Lannon. And Nate, today is a very yep. special day. It's finally here. Opening it's day. Finally here. We are very excited to talk about <laughs> what's happened in opening day and how everything has really played out today. Uh, now, I want to preface this by we are recording this before the last three games are finished being played. In fact, they ha- are just getting underway. The White Sox and, uh, White Sox and the Angels you know, yeah. game. The Seattle Mariners versus San Francisco Giants. And the and, A's and Astros. And the A's and Astros as well. So we don't exactly know what is going to happen in those games. Maybe we can give a little bit of predictions. But before we get into our opening day takes and opinions and all that, we are looking for sponsors. If you are interested in getting an ad read for your business, email the2seedpod at gmail.com. Yeah, opening day, man. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's super exciting. It's like a holiday for me. Oh, Every single really year, it comes I, around. Today, I woke up and I, I, I it, it was the same. It's the same way I feel like on my birthday or Christmas. Like it's just like, oh my god, it's finally here. Let's go. Let's well, Nathan. Go. We both woke up to very uh, now, disappointing yeah. <laughs> mornings. I should, yeah, I should say this because I woke up this morning before looking at my phone. My immediate reaction was, oh, let's go. It's opening day. I'm so excited. And the first thing I see is an ESPN notification that the Mets-Nationals game that was set for seven or so earlier today was postponed. And then I was like, well, okay, that, this, this day just got significantly worse, but still still salvageable. It's still very exciting yeah. to watch baseball. <laughs> I woke up to a text from my mom that was, you know, letting me know that she was happy that opening day was starting for me and all that. And then I got to my uh, 10 a.m. class and I started to scroll through social media, and I thought it was an April Fool's joke at first <laughs> that the game was canceled yeah. in Fenway because of a little bit of drizzle. Yeah, um, yeah, that's what I thought too. I saw the, I saw the tweets on the timeline. I was like, I, I saw that at first. I was like, there's there's no way this has to be some joke, right? Like, there's like why would this happen to the Met? like so someone had to be pranking me. There's some account that's spreading something. Somebody false. has and it after, out for you. And I waited, I waited, and I was like, okay, please say psych. Please say psych. And then the official statements <laughs> came yeah. out. And then the statements came out. I was like, and oh. The illusion oh. was over. And I, it was yeah. very disappointing to see that. But, you know, there's 162 games. And it's not like these games are being taken away from us. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're just going to have to watch them to, uh, at a later date. For me, it's going to be tomorrow. And for you, uh, do you know when your game's being rescheduled? I don't think they're. I don't know when the, that specific Mets Nationals game is being rescheduled. All I know is they're not going to play tomorrow either. I think they're going to open both the Nets, Mets and Nationals are going to open the season on Saturday. Right, and I, I should have mentioned this that um, the reason that we're talking about this, if you did not know and you weren't in the know, uh, the Mets Nationals game was canceled due to positive COVID tests in the Nationals organization and due to contract contact tracing and just for the safety of the game. They ended up canceling the opening day ceremonies. Um, as for the Red Sox game, the Red Sox Orioles game, uh, it was canceled due to weather. But I personally, as a person who is living in Boston, believe they fully could have played that game. Yeah. Um, but you know, if I mean, we want to have the best conditions for opening day, I completely understand it. Right. And but you know, I'm sure they're yeah. gonna have a great game. At anyways. the same time, though, 
the the Indians and Tigers today played in a blizzard. Right. So we can segue that yeah. right into the games that did get played today. <laughs> and the first game of the day, well, you could make the case that the Yankees game actually started earlier, but the first game of the day was Indians versus Tigers in the yeah. snow in nonetheless. The snow. I think it was just awesome that the first home run of the season was Miguel Cabrera off of Shane Bieber in the snow. Uh, I, like, if you had told me earlier that that would be the first home run, that Miguel, not only would Miguel Cabrera hit the first run of home run of the season against the previous year's Cy Young winner, it, like, like, I would have told you you were a liar or a clairvoyant. But in the snow, no less, it's just like, what are the odds? <laughs> what are the odds? Yeah. And it's important to note that, you know, Shane Bieber did, didn't did have a bad start. I think a lot of aces, which we'll touch on later this episode, a you lot do. of aces had yeah. very terrible starts this season. <laughs> um, yeah. And coming off of a Cy Young, you do watch Shane Bieber and you're wondering, well, what can he do now? He won the Cy Young. Can he carry it to the next season? He did have a good start, only let it go three runs, which isn't terrible for an opening day. Right. Uh, he didn't have any run support, but that is not overshadowing the mm. fact that Matthew Boyd also had an amazing start. That's all, that is true. I also want to point out that uh, Bieber did have twelve strikeouts. So while he didn't he didn't win and uh, he did give up that home run, he certainly had a solid day otherwise. But yeah, I, I do think that uh, it shouldn't overshadow the fact that Boyd did have a very solid day. I have to say though, that Cabrera home run was probably yeah. one of the most beautiful home <laughs> runs I've ever uh, seen. I think my favorite part was when, like, Miguel Cabrera, Miggy couldn't even believe it was a home run. Like, he didn't even know. He didn't see it because he didn't of the snow. Because of the snow. So he sl- slid in the second and then realized, oh, that's out of the... Okay, I guess keep going then. <laughs> right, yeah. He didn't He didn't have a clue that that was out of the ballpark. And um, he slid into second base through the snow. Uh, it did look weird. I mean, I could see it from his perspective. It mm. bounced just over... It got just over the wall and hit like a... Mm. Hit something that made it bounce back onto the field of play. So I could see exactly where he was coming from in that sense. And the uh, Tigers' closer, uh, Soto... Uh, also closed out that game, getting his first save of the season. Um, but moving on, we are going to go talk about the next game that was happening in chronological order, which was that Yankees-Blue Jays oh. game, which I couldn't watch <laughs> due to MLB blackouts, but I did follow along um, for the ride. Yes. I, I, I think to start this uh, part about the Blue Jays and Yankees, I, I feel like we got to channel the immortal words of Big Poppy. The Jankies lose. <laughs> the Jankies did lose the, the game, their first game of the season. Uh, Garrett Cole not having a terrible start. Both Ryu and Cole having very strong starts, in my opinion. But obviously, not, none of them getting the decision as they both left the game, letting go two runs. Mm. And the game ended up being uh, an extra innings game, finishing out in the 10th inning with the Blue Jays scoring a run uh, in the top half. Mm. Yeah, this was an outstanding battle of pitchers. Uh, both the Yankees and Jays struck out 13 times. I think uh, the match MVP would be Teoscar Hernandez, though. He had two hits. Uh, three ar- three two, hits. Three, he had three hits, an RBI, a uh, home run. He was uh, he batted 750. He was fantastic. Yeah, he had a great game, and you know it's hard and to really get to him, yeah. but he, he did that. And I think I, I want to highlight that both teams didn't capitalize on as many opportunities mm. as they could have in this game. Uh, the Blue Jays leaving 18 men on base and the Yankees leaving 22 men on base. Uh, obviously, the team that 
didn't leave as many people on base, <laughs> won the game yeah. at the end of the day. But I think what we could talk about here is that in the 10th inning, we saw the new, well, it's not new. I think they had it, mm. they had it last season, but they it, we saw the extra innings roll where a man is on second yeah. base to start the inning, the person that made yeah. the last out from the past inning. Uh, how do you feel about that? I have mixed feelings. I I have mixed feelings about it. On the one hand, it definitely is it's definitely going to speed up these games, which is a good thing because I mean, people don't have all people we all live complicated lives. We all don't have all day. But at the same time, it just seems shoehorned almost. Right. And you know, I also have mixed feelings about it. Yeah. I think that it could be a good addition. I I I actually see this one sticking whether mm. or not it is like a majority of people liking it. But I think that it's not hurting the game in any sort of way. It's going to make them end faster. And some people, you know, some of it, some of those extra inning games are like, that's the exciting factor mm. of it, right? Like, how long can this game go for? Who doesn't want more baseball? <laughs> but there is an aspect to it where it's like, all right. Now we were getting into deep into these bullpens and they're just going to be destroyed for the rest of the series, right? If this mm. was the first game of a, a four-game series, say, and there's no days off and you're going 16 innings, mm. right? You're right. going to have to bounce back the next day with that same bullpen, same pitching staff, and they're going to be so tired. <laughs> and I, I see that being the beneficial aspect of it. Moving forward into the uh, a next game that we are going to discuss here, we're going to go into Milwaukee, which also had an extra innings uh, finish. And man, Brandon Woodruff and Kenta Maeda, mm. I highlighted that those two were going to be pretty decent uh, pitchers to watch get their work in today. <laughs> uh, they kind of were. I mean, yeah. Maeda only let go um, one earned run, but let go two runs in his outing. Right. And um, Woodruff let go three runs, five strikeouts, two walks over four innings. And, and both of them obviously not being in the decision once again because the game did go extra innings because those Brewers rallied in the ninth inning. Yeah, this was yet another game where there were a lot of guys left on base. I think the Twins had 23 left on base and the Brewers had 21. But uh, as opposed to the Yankees and Jays game, it was definitely more exciting runs-wise. Uh, I think the Twins and Brewers as a whole batted much better. And I think that is if something you were looking for. I would say maybe this was the best game of the day mm. if you're less of a pitcher's duel person, but mm. you still like those high. I don't know. It's a good mix. It was a yeah. good mix of good pitching it's, and yeah. good hitting. It wasn't. A, it wasn't like absurdly high scoring. It like, wasn't absurdly high scoring, but it also wasn't super low scoring either. Um, I like to highlight that Kepler had three hits in the game, and that a guy like Buxton getting two RBIs. But the main person when we talk about the the run scored in this game was. Definitely Travis Shaw. In the ninth inning, the Milwaukee Brewers rallied down by three, trying to work their way back to making a, a tie game. Mm. And they did. They tied up the game in the ninth inning due to a Travis Shaw uh, double that scored in two. There was another RBI that came prior to that, but that was the one that did tie up the game. And then we come into the 10th inning, and this is where the fans matter. <laughs> we both yeah. know that fans are back in the stadiums now, and, and it's amazing. Right. Watching the games, it's, there was, was an refreshing. there was an atmosphere that was at the game. There were actual fans there rooting for their teams. And when I say that, it definitely helped out uh, Hater. If you watch <laughs> the game, and the broadcast booth mentioned it too, he was running off adrenaline. Yeah. Uh, he came in, uh, obviously man on second base, 
Uh, you need to get outs. You need to get strikeouts. He came in. He struck out the side. He, Three yep, strikeouts straight. Winning. And also, he had like he pitched 100 miles per hour. Mm. He was pitching faster than his average stuff. And I think that comes from pitching in an audience, right? Oh, yeah, I agree. I, I think that I think last season, last season with the same teams in the same situation, I don't know if Hader is able to do that. Like without the fans there, without them to provide that adrenaline, I think that this. I think that those fans are what put the Brewers might have been what put the Brewers over the top in this one. And following the three strikeouts from Hader in the top of the tenth, they came into the bottom half of the inning and walked off the game off of an Orlando Arcia um, single that drove in uh, Lorenzo Cain, which was it was nice to watch. It was exciting to see all of the players, you know, first game of the season, you, you ended off with a walk-off. I mean, that's exciting. Oh, absolutely. It wasn't, I, and uh, to that point, it wasn't the only walk-off of the day. I, I think I want to get to, and on that point, I think I want to move on to the uh, Phillies and Braves game. The Phillies walked it off in the 10th. Uh, yeah, it was uh, one of the more notable pitching battles of the day. Aaron Nola had a great game. He, he did give up the one home run, but... Uh, other than that, he had six strikeouts, uh, two earned runs. He had a 2.7 ERA for the day. One of uh, a few pitchers today coming out with a uh, leaving opening day with a relatively solid ERA. Right. It was a very heavy bullpen game <laughs> yeah. as well. Both teams getting into those bullpens and they did hold it down. The floor was hold, held down. Um, we could talk, not as many left uh, runners left on base, but there just wasn't as many runners getting on base right. in these uh, in this pitcher's duel. Uh, Acuna did have two hits, which is my MVP pick with a walk mm. as well, struck out, but what can you do? It is baseball. And how about, <laughs> how about the two run home run that accounted for all the runs scored by Atlanta today <laughs> from Panda Pablo Sandoval? It's, it's, uh, heroes on opening day and in baseball can come from the most unexpected of places, but even then the heroics didn't really matter in the end because Because his heroics there was a hero in the in terms of the phillies gene segura ended the game with a walk-off uh it was like a ground ball that got just past the third baseman um right out of austin riley's reach Mm. scoring bryce harper in it was exciting to watch and it I'm pretty sure even Didi Gregorius pretty much knew it was, it was a walk-off. He didn't even really take that many steps off of first base because it was first and third at that time. And there was another hero in this game mm. in uh, Quinn. Uh, being in center field, Roman Quinn made an outfield assist at home plate that saved the go-ahead run in the 10th inning, Ozzy Albies, from scoring. I think it was a questionable decision sending him. It was a shallow mm. fly ball and... You have to risk it sometimes, and I understand that, but I don't know if I would have sent him in that situation. You still have another out to play with. Yeah, that was a questionable decision. I think that, I don't think in the long run it quite cost the Braves the game, because, I mean, to be fair, the only runs scored were by Pablo Sandoval. But at the same time, it's just a very questionable decision in a game the Braves were very much alive in. Yeah, and I think the the, the worst, the thing that killed them was they had the bases loaded in the eighth inning, if I'm correct. And Jose Alvarado, um, great pitching performance from him, uh, was able to <clears throat> kind of get out of that jam uh, with, a, with a nice fastball that that punched him out right there with 100 miles per hour. So that was where I saw the major problem come. And they, they needed to score in that opportunity. But Jose Alvarado, three strikeouts, mm. just 
closing it down for the for the Phillies. Yeah. And you know, another game where the outfield assist played a major role. I don't know, a major role. Mm. Okay. This game was a little bit wild. We've talked about pitchers duels at this point, but I mean, this game set records for uh, most runs scored on an opening <laughs> yeah. day. And that is the 24. Kansas City Royals versus the Texas Rangers. 14-10. to 10, The Royals take that game. And what the heck happened over there? <laughs> oh, my. Well, uh, let's start. I think my favorite thing about opening day is, especially with high-scoring games, is looking at some of these ERAs. I mean, obviously, they're not going to stick, but it's still funny. I, I think get, like uh, Gibson... The Rangers had an ER, finished the game with an ERA of 135, which it's just, which obviously isn't uh, truly reflective of how he played, but at the same time, it's still funny. And it is reflective of how the game went as a whole. Uh, there was absolute quality pitching was nowhere to be found. 24 runs on opening day is absolutely absurd. Yeah, and, and Texas get, making three errors doesn't make it any better for them, <laughs> but Brad Keller let go more runs in Kauffman Stadium in the first inning of this ball game than he did all season long. I know it's sixty yeah. games, but all That's season long than uh, last season. You know, how many game? How many games did he play last season? Like enough for that stat to be just utterly ridiculous that he gave up more runs in this game than he had all season before in one inning. Yeah, when, in one inning. Then, and then last season yeah. in Kauffman Stadium. Um, I, that's I. I mean. That's why he was named opening day starter. And I don't know about Gibson, who only made it through one out of this of his outing. He only yeah. made it through the first out and then let go four runs before being uh, taken out of the ball game. Yeah, uh, both killing. teams were on their third pitcher by the third inning, actually. Mm. And that just... It's an insane thing to think about because this is the first game of the season. It sets the tone for your season, mm. and the home team did win by four by four runs, fourteen you, to ten. But I mean, it's disgusting to look at these <laughs> pitching staffs. Do you? Is this a good tone to set if you're the Royals? Because like, yeah, you scored fourteen runs, but a that was against the Rangers, so uh, who on paper obviously are not very good. And B, you gave up 10 runs to that same team. I think that... I, I love outliers like these, especially on opening day, because while not totally accurate, it's still fun to extrapolate on these. Like, what if they... What if this pace continued for a whole season? Which it obviously won't. But still, I, I feel like it's... I If I'm the Royals, if I'm on the Royals, if I'm part of the Royals in any way, if I'm, even if I'm a fan, I'm having some very mixed feelings about this game. Yeah, I'm having mixed feelings about this game, but what I did mention about the outfield assist playing a role in this game and Michael Taylor in center field had two outfield assists uh, throwing two runners out at the plate. There could have been more runs in this game, Nate. Oh my god. There couldn't have been more runs in this game. <laughs> I would say he was my match MVP. He had three hits. He scored three times. Or no, he didn't score three times. He had three RBIs. Um, only leaving two men on base. Taking two runners away from them at the plate. He's my game MVP for Kansas City versus Texas. Yeah, I'm going to have to agree with you. He was all over the place. Staying in the central and staying with high run games, we're going to be talking about a game that I thought was going to be a very a big pitcher's duel. <laughs> I was wrong That's in my in my score. opening day takes. So much for Jack Flaherty. Jack, uh, the Cardinals versus the Reds. Cardinals winning 11-6 to and obviously destroying the Reds. 
But Jack Flaherty versus Luis Castillo, a couple Ooh. guys that I really had a lot of confidence in going into this season that they were going to be really Both. good pitchers. Yeah. And I know it's just game one, but not a great showing on opening day. Oh, no. I I think it's really funny. I, I, I always think it's really funny when takes like these go wrong. How we both had Flaherty in contention for the NL Cy Young, and on opening day he proceeds to give up two home runs, six earned runs, and an ERA of 12.46. <laughs> so that's just hilarious. It's the beautiful irony. But another part of this game I want to talk about is Nolan Arenado had a pretty noticeable debut for the Cardinals. He had two hits, he uh, an RBI. He... He, he made his presence felt in his first game as a Cardinal. Uh, Dylan Carlson, who is yeah. a rookie as well, making a great, uh, uh, taking a great opportunity there to show who he is as a player hitting a three-run home run and, and just you know making a name for himself on that team. Uh, I'm looking on the other t- side for the Reds. I'm looking at a guy, Jonathan India, who actually went to my high school <laughs> and he got his MLB debut and got two hits as well. So I'm very excited and happy to see that for him. Obviously, anybody that comes from my high school, I'm very excited <laughs> to watch. But Luis Castillo on the Reds gave up eight oh. earned runs, or yeah, eight earned runs over three and one third innings pitched. Uh, and also 10 runs in general, yeah. and Leco eight hits as Rough well. Game. Just disgusting game, really. <laughs> and it's really sad to see, but, I mean, what can I say? I think the rest of their bullpen, for the most part, uh, shut it down after that. Romano pitching right. two innings, Fulmer pitching two innings, Doolittle getting that last inning as well. Just trying to close it down. They didn't let go many runs. Just Bedrosian, who came right after mm. Castillo. Right. So after Castillo, the bleeding stop, the bleeding for the Reds stopped significantly. But at that point, you know it's way too late. You gave up eight. You gave up ten runs. Castillo gave up ten runs. Yeah, like I mean relievers yeah. only let go one run in this ball game for both sides, and <laughs> there were. <laughs> 17 runs scored in this game. Just 16 off the starters. I think if we want to talk about our MVPs for this matchup, though, I I think I want to point to Paul Goldschmidt on the Cardinals. He had a fantastic game as usual. He had... Uh, four hits. He batted. In, he had three runs. One RBI. One RBI batted eight hundred. He made his presence known. Yeah, I think that <clears throat> I, I would give give uh, Goldschmidt the MVP as well for this game. But I. I do want to point out that Castellanos had a great game. Three hits, two RBIs, and two runs on the other side with a home run. Mm. I would give him the match MVP. I don't know if we're doing it just for teams that won right. the game. But if the Reds won, I think he, I'd He's the player that I highlight. Goldschmidt yeah. having four hits and three runs, though, is pretty, pretty dang good. Moving forward to the next game we're going to be discussing, we should <clears> move to a game we've been talking about a lot of runs. But let's go to Miami, <laughs> where not one, well, only one run was scored the entirety of the game. Not much to talk about here, but your Cy Young pick. Tyler Glasnow. Your Cy Young pick went six innings. Tyler Glasnow went six innings, uh, six strikeouts, only letting go one hit. One hit, yep. 0.00 ERA from, I think, I I think it's safe to call him a probable Cy Young winner now. Absolutely. I mean, he did have a a great start. We haven't seen my, my, uh... (laughs) My pick finish out a game yet, but you know I think he's obviously in the conversation. Yeah. He's always going to be in the conversation. Absolutely. Cool. Uh, one run being scored doesn't leave a lot to be excited about, but 
Uh, it was a home run from Austin Meadows in the eighth inning. Sandy Alcantara also having a great start, uh, walking only two, giving up two hits, striking out seven through six innings. Mm. Uh, questionably, maybe even had a better start. He walked two people yeah. and let go two hits, so probably didn't I have a better, a better start. start than Glass now. But both starters having a great start to their season. Oh, absolutely. I, I think that it's the it's definitely the most notable thing in this game. There was. Basically nobody left on base, which I think it, which is obvious because no one was getting on base. I think the Rays left ten people on base and the Marlins left six. So it's it, there was basically nobody left on base. Yeah, I mean it's what you'd expect here from an absolute clinic that was put on here by the great by bullpens overall. Yeah. I mean I know the one run came off of a bullpen arm, but I mean that's one right. run in this entire game. Both <clears throat> teams were pitching today. They didn't come out to hit, but they came out to pitch. Which is what my my issue is with that Rays offense is mm. are they going to be able to hit this season? Obviously, winning by one run doesn't show me a lot, but they did get the win nonetheless. And if that's how they're going to be playing it, then I think that's going to work for them. Yeah, uh, they'll be fine. If- Diego Castillo came in with the save to close out that game. Glasnow right. didn't get the win, by the way. Uh, it went to Thompson because obviously the run came after right. he was already pulled away from the the game. But at the same time, Diego Castillo, I saw him come into this game. I knew the game was over once he entered, uh, when he was gone in that bump. Two strikeouts (laughs) for him out of the three batters he faced. It was a great pitching performance from him. It was just such a great pitching performance overall. I I think I was right there with you when Castillo came in. I was like, all right, Marlins, pack it up. It's over. But... (laughs) Yeah, I think uh, I think in order to, I think talking about uh, match MVPs, it's pretty obvious here. Tyler Glass now was put on an absolute clinic in what I think will be the start to a very very fun Cy Young campaign. Absolutely. <clears throat> And moving on to another game that might not have had an amazing pitching performance, but wasn't that terrible of a game. We have to talk about the Pittsburgh Pirates and the Chicago Cubs. Uh, the not Pirates, them to win today, but, Pirates you know. winning the first game of the season. They didn't even have an opening day starter named until three days before the game. And here they come. And they here come won the, the Pirates. Game. It feels like every single team that we <clears throat> talked about having a terrible season came and slapped us in the face yeah, they're just like they must no. listen to the podcast they, obviously yeah. I, um, I think the pirates heard me i think the pirates heard me cabrian hayes had cabrian hayes at the home run i think he i think he uh started I, I know we both picked sixto sanchez to win rookie of the year but i definitely think cabrian hayes has started his camp has announced his campaign today pretty forcefully absolutely hitting that home run we did release a little twitter statement about that <laughs> and it was it was interesting to watch it was exciting to watch because i had just came back from a class and i turned the game on or i was in the middle of class i turned the game mm. on and that happened and i was excited to see it because he's a rookie and i love watching young players get work in and do their stuff but talking about these pitchers here uh we did have a pretty decent pitching performance by the pitchers uh, the pitching staff from Pittsburgh Pirates it was like a whole team performance the starter only going 3 innings i think that's why it was a bullpen game for the most part and they they showed why that bullpen must be strong i don't know too much about their bullpen but obviously they have 
some arms that can limit the Cubs offense that we know we have a fan that <laughs> listens to the podcast that told us that you were sleeping <laughs> on the Cubs offense. You want to uh, make a statement on that? Uh, wait, I'm not awake yet. I'm still sleeping. I, I snoozed on my, I must have snoozed, I must have hit snooze on my alarm because um, the Cubs did not show up as much as I thought they would today. Because on paper, you don't open with as with an easier opponent than besides maybe the Rockies in the NL than the Pirates, but Hey, I mean the Pirates obviously the Pirates have obviously heard some of the noise. They had a pretty fantastic performance today. Um Kevin Newman on the Pirates had an amazing uh hitting performance. I mean, not amazing. Right. He had two hits. There was multiple people on the Pittsburgh Pirates that had two hits, but I want to highlight Kevin Newman because he ended spring training with a batting average of like 700. It was something ridiculous. It was absurd. And so he comes carrying his momentum back in. He could be a batting title uh candidate to be honest. Yeah. Uh, if he keeps it up and he has that high batting average, that's going to be great for the Pittsburgh Pirates. He can draw fans in that way and hopefully give them a little bit of hope for this dreadful season that we have <laughs> predicted for them. Yeah. I can't um, wait for the Pirates. To, like, I, I think maybe like around like August, like July or August, the Pirates will be like above 500 and we'll just be stunned. Like, we'll just be looking at like, huh. It's baseball, baby. <laughs> that's sports for you. Yeah. And I think that's the exciting part about sports. Um, Before we get into our match MVP, I want to talk about um Kyle Hendricks, who did start for the Cubs, letting go through three runs uh yeah letting go three earned runs three walks uh, a home run in there as well um not having the greatest appearance and the bullpen picking him up after that letting go one run mm. letting go two more runs following that so not a great performance by any of the bullpen members it happens and you know i don't think kyle hendricks is that great of a pitcher mm. Obviously, they would have wanted to have you Darvish starting this game. But my match MVP is a tougher one because I feel like there's mm. a lot of people that did contribute on that offense and the pitching staff in general. Right. I wouldn't give it to a pitcher. I would have to give it to Adam Frazier. Leadoff hitter gets gets walked twice, gets two hits, gets two RBIs, putting his team in the best situation in order to score runs. Yeah, I agree. I, I think I'm going to have to give Frazier the MVP. I think Cabrian Hayes comes in a close second, though, with his electricity today. I, I think for what uh still looks like on paper, uh, not what's going to be a not very good season for the Pirates. I, I think this is, this is a very strong open for them to draw fans in a bit. It is understandable, and we did mention how the Cubs lost you Darvish. you Darvish making the opening day start in San Diego versus the D-backs. That game ended 8-7 to with the Padres closing out that victory. A very interesting game because the Padres had a large lead going into the fifth inning, but the D-backs came back and scored six runs, taking the lead that six inning. Six in the fifth. Six runs all in the fifth. Right. It was, yeah. Right. And it's an exciting team. We talk about the Padres' offense. We talk about their pitching. We talk about mm. all the moves that they made and how did that play out in game one? It played out pretty well for them. I, I think that... I don't know if it, played, it played out played really out, or, well for them, but... Well, they did get the win. They did get the win. You Darvish was uh, a little disappointing. He did give up. He did give up four runs and eight hits. But he did. He also he also struck out six people. He did give up the two home runs. But at the same time, I, I think the Padre. I think the Padres will be just fine. But can we talk about that slide? that Fernando Tatis had. Sure. I mean, oh it was a gosh. nice slide to get back to the bag at first yeah. base. Uh, there was some questions whether or not initially that he was going to 
be safe on that call. Obviously, after they didn't review. review. After review, they did say that he was safe. Uh-huh. It was an amazing slide. Uh, that's like, just the athleticism he brings to the game. He the, did have an error on the game, so I'm not going to say that he had a spectacular game. He in fact, he only went one for five on the day, striking out three times in this game. Right. Right. But, right. He wasn't the best uh, player on the field today by any stretch. He wasn't the best player on the diamond by any stretch. But like that that slide, it was like that scene from the Matrix where he's like dodging all the bullets. That was just nuts. Like it's I'll tell you who had a terrible he, it day. It is what he brings to the table. I'll tell you who had a terrible day. Terrible day to Madison Bumgarner, the biggest <laughs> crybaby in baseball. Uh, once again, I will always stand by that. And uh, four innings pitched, let go six earned runs. Eric Osmer had a major home run off of him. Mm. It looked, it was pretty beautiful. Osmer just has a beautiful <laughs> swing in general. He really does. Uh, Myers also having a home run against him. Uh, yeah, I think it was a, I think it was a great game. Uh, offensively wise, I think there could have been a lot much, lot better things with the pitching. Tim Hill came into the game after you Darvish letting go three runs. None of them earned on the score sheet, but um, he did let go two home runs after that. Uh, so it's interesting. I don't know exactly how box scores work and how they they calculate um what's an earned run versus what is a a run. Mm. But he did let go three runs, so not a great pitching performance there. Um, but they did edge out the victory after they, they held on. Well, they didn't. Ha- they held on after yeah. they had to reclaim the lead. Pagan with the win, Pomeranz with the hold, and Melanson with the save. Not getting any strikeouts there, but Pomeranz had three strikeouts, letting go mm. a hit. But I think that was a really key performance there, shutting down that D-backs offense. Right. I I, I do want to talk more about Madison Bumgarner. I I think that his decline continue is seeming to continue after this game and in rapid fashion. He just, and as someone who's been a, he's someone who's been a premier pitcher in baseball for so long. And it's just, it's, he just could not keep up today. He was, I mean, to, to put it mildly awful. He couldn't keep up. And we do have to talk about our match MVP for this game. And I'm going to go with, it's between Eric Hosmer and Cronenworth. And I'm going with Hosmer. Okay. Well, I'm going with Hosmer as well, (laughs) uh, because three hits, three RBIs, a home run to on top of that. No runners left on base for him this game. Has an OPS of 2.5 to start the season. I mean, it's a, it's a great game. It's a great game mm. for him. Um, you like to see it from a guy like him because I don't think he gets talked about enough for his leadership on this team of young players. He, I, I know because I've, I've watched a few interviews that people look at Hosmer as the leader and captain of this team. So when the captain's performing well, the rest of the team's performing well. And that's a good sign for them. And moving on to uh, the Dodgers and Rockies, the World Series champions. This is another game where I, I think our predictions kind of hit us in the face on this one. Because, the, I mean, the World Series champions losing to the team, I, I think we repeatedly berated on this podcast is it's almost fitting kershaw had clayton kershaw was not good in his most recent opening day start he gave up 10 he had gave up 10 hits and six runs five earned runs uh no home runs but he did finish with an era of 7.94 he was not very good but kershaw offensively did have two hits and scored a run in that (laughs) appearance his uh opening day batting average is 381 <laughs> in his career which that i is, find very interesting that's awesome yeah so pitchers <laughs> that rake you know yeah kershaw's pitchers up there that rake he rakes he rakes he on rakes opening on day opening day and that's it <laughs> and her man her man marquez for the rockies had a great start against an amazing offense 
letting go only one earned run, but he walked six batters and he let go six hits. Mm. Uh, I mean, that's terrible, by the way. (laughs) If you have a whip like that, it's disgusting. But what's more disgusting is that an offense such as the Dodgers left 30 men on base. Mookie Betts leaving seven alone on base. But he did have six at-bats because he is a leadoff hitter, getting two hits in that baseball game. But seven left on base. That's insane. The Dodgers just did not... I think that's the name of the loss for the Dodgers is they just did not capitalize at all on the on however many opportunities they get. Because they, you're, you are right. The Rockies did, did uh, walk a ton of batters. There were plenty of opportunities for the Dodgers to take this one. They just couldn't. And Jimmy Nelson coming out of the bullpen doesn't help. Yeah. He's a new acqui- uh, acquisition for them. You want to see a bullpen pitcher, well, he's a starter turned bullpen pitcher for them get in there and get his work done but letting go two runs is never a great way to show off your your new skill set to a new team and especially a team as competitive as that one following that we have gonzalez getting the win on the mound uh he let go three runs himself obviously there were more runs to be scored in this game the rockies did win eight to five so only one run given up by the starter the bullpen did not have a strong performance after that but the one that had the worst performance in my opinion did get the win, uh, and Bard. Very exciting seeing Daniel Bard come back from his absence from baseball, fighting in the minor mm-hmm. leagues to get a spot, and then all of a sudden he's pitching 100 mm-hmm. miles per hour for the Colorado Rockies, getting the save mm-hmm. on the day, two strikeouts with a walk and a hit let go as well. Tough offense to face, but a great finish for him. Oh, absolutely. I, I think that's really I think it's really heartwarming that he fought all the way back, gets the save for the Rockies. And it, it's it's I, I feel like it's gonna be it's a great story. It's and like the Pirates earlier, it's a great story to uh oh to open with. And keep season. track of looking yeah. going forward into the season. But we do have to talk about our MVP of the game. And my MVP of the game is going to be uh, Owings, the second baseman that I don't know too much about, uh, Chris Owings. Uh, I know he's been on the team for a bit now, but he finished a day with an 1,000 batting average, uh, three for three uh, with a walk on the day, one RBI scored three times for that Rockies offense. Just once again, putting his team in the best possible position to score runs. Yeah, I'm going to have to give the MVP here to Owings as well. He, Like you said, he was fantastic, and he was putting his team in the best position to score runs and win. It was a fun opening day, Nate. It was. It, it, was, it was exciting in a lot of ways. You had walk-offs. You had pitchers' duels. You had high offensive games. Right. You had it all. And there's three games that are still being played right now, and there could be even more to be there, you know. Uh, Giolito still hasn't let go a hit yeah. yet. He has six Top Ks going into the fourth inning. The Astros are winning 1-0 to zero against Oakland uh, with a pitching performance from... Who started in that game? Is it Grinky? It's Bassett. Oh, well... Or for the A's. for the Yeah, yeah for the Astros, it's... Uh, Grinky. So Grinky hasn't let go a run, just a single to the uh, the Athletics name so far. And then in Seattle, the San Francisco Giants are leading at the moment 3-0 to zero against those Seattle Mariners, who we don't believe are going to have the greatest of seasons, but we think they're, they're going to be better than the Rangers, so yeah. we'll see what happens with yeah, that. The Rangers are a low bar to clear, as today clearly showed. Well, yeah. they did score 10 <laughs> runs, so obviously they have a lot but of they offensive gave, output. Well, sure, but they also gave up 14 runs to the Royals. They so, did. Yeah. They did. <laughs> and with that, I think that is going to recap our opening day takes uh, and opinions on that. But I do want to mention 
what we have going forward here. And typically episodes, we're not going to break down every single game that happens during a week. It's impossible to do that. That would be taking forever, right? So we're going to make sure that going forward, obviously opening day is a very special occasion, Mm. but we're going to pick out obviously the best games that happen during the week, the highlights and the big talking points for each week going into every single episode and just kind of break down those moments. We are starting a Twitch stream on Fridays. We don't know how many times we're going to do it, but it's going to be the two-seamed stream. Two-seamed stream. And it's going to be on my personal (laughs) Twitch channel. And we'll link it. We'll have it in our social medias. We'll let you guys know. And you guys should follow us on social media so you can be in the know. You should also follow this podcast on Spotify. Therefore, you can always be notified when we upload every episode. On the two-seam stream, though, <laughs> the topics that we don't get to because there's a lot happening in baseball. There's no way we can cover everything in baseball just to doing this two times a week. You can come into our uh, streams and kind of ask us questions. The little things that we don't, we don't knock off our list that happen during the season. Uh, we would love to see you guys out there. We would love to hear feedback as well. If you did enjoy our personal takes, I am having an amazing time on yeah, Twitter. Absolutely. I had a live tweet. <laughs> you were everywhere today. I had a live Twitter tweet fingers. fiesta today. <laughs> uh, we, I was very exciting. I'm going to be live tweeting games three, at least three games a week is what I'm aiming for. Nate, I don't know how much you want to get into def- baseball oh, Twitter. I'm definitely going to live tweet some games. I'm going to try and live tweet as many Mets games as I can, obviously. I think I want to get to. I, I think the team. I think I'm going to live tweet as many games from the teams I find most interesting as I can. Obviously, the Mets. I'm. I am going to try and live tweet some Red Sox games. Definitely the A's and uh and de- and definitely the Pirates because those are some of the teams I find most intriguing. And you can follow us and see what we got going on on Twitter on our personal accounts at Tyler underscore underscore for it and at Landon underscore Nate. This has been the Two Scene Podcast, and we look forward to. Seeing you guys next time when we discuss our experience after attending the fir- our first live our, game yep. at Fenway Park in years. It's, so, it's been so long. I'm it's so been so excited. long, and we I'm are so excited, excited to tell you guys about it. And we look forward to seeing you guys next time on the next episode of the Two Scene Podcast. Yeah.